It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of games so you don't have to. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. Hello, everybody. The Buckeye State. The Buckeye State. Get out of here with that shit. You used to live here. <laughs> I, I know, but I was never a Buckeye fan. And Look, I wasn't talking... Oh, God, this is like how obsessive you Michigan people are. I wasn't talking about sports. Oh, it's yeah, literally obsessed. the Buckeye State. That's what it's we're called. We're obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good start, Mike. Good start to this podcast that we do together as friends once. In today's episode, we're talking about the news, some games, and our favorite Mario spinoffs. I'm saying we're just going to rank them. We should just rank the Mario spinoffs. Okay, we can do a little ranking. Yeah, I, I, we tend to have like the same taste when it comes to, comes to that stuff, and I think we'll probably we might end up with the, the same number one, but we'll see what happens after that. Uh, first, though, before we do, to clarify some of this. Oh God, we can see. Look, I want everyone with the video to look at the stupid thing Jeff has uh, taped to the back of his chair. It's his not weird. Taped, it's strapped. It's, it's a weird strap on. green screen. Like it's a strap thing. on. Look, there's look, like an elastic look, band. It works. It, an elastic it's, band. Look, it's like wearing Crocs. I get it. It's comfortable. It, it works, <laughs> like but I'm going to make Crocs. fun of you for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I deserve it. I get it. But uh, I'm very proud of it, and I'm going to keep wearing it. Uh, I'm going to keep it on the back of my chair from now on. It's not going anywhere. It also keeps like all the weird stuff back there. Uh, you can't really see it anymore. They actually su- they sell them as uh, internet privacy screens. Um, but really? they come in green. They come in green. green. Yeah. yeah, I think they they realize they can make some money doing that. And I was a sucker, and I bought it. Uh, before we go on, before we do anything else, I'd want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, you can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at gamespluspodcast at venturebeat.com. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can subscribe to the audio version of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, just about anywhere else. Finally, if you like us, even if you don't, give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, five stars. It helps people find the show, help us, helps get us out there. Uh, so yeah, Mike, uh, you, why don't you go ahead and start this week? What have you been playing? What have you been up to? Well, Mario and Rabbits has been the big one. Uh, For sure. Yeah, how do you say that? Mario and Rabbids, Mario plus Rabbids. I guess I, plus. I, I, I would just say Mario plus Rabbids. Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, you can say Kingdom either Battle. One. Everyone's gonna know. Everyone's gonna know what you mean. Right, exactly. But so yeah, that, that was a big one. I reviewed it. Uh, the review went up this morning. Gave it an eighty-five out of hundred. You've been playing it as well, so we could probably talk about it a good amount here. We we did a video for the site. Uh, what was that? Friday or something like that, where when you're kind of just playing through it. We talked about it a bit. I'm are, like, you, nah, are you having I'm fun? Not. Grow up. I wonder why. You, wonder what you, I know you're busying yourself with something. Over, you're like in my room now. It's weird. Okay. So, I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting right next to you in your room. We're just staring at the same computer. Anyways, back to our jobs. <laughs> I don't know, man. This feels like a fun job to me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We did that video on Friday. Um, we kind of, I played it. You kind of talked me through it. And since then, I've, I've played it a, a bunch more. I got through the first world, uh, started the second world. And I, I started seeing what you meant about how it opens up and you're, you're trying to figure out which weapons to spend money on. And sometimes you just want to wait for it to uh, do more damage. Right. And sometimes you want to wait for it to I... uh, really like the, the effects can have, have a big effect if you wait for the right one. But yeah, uh, it's been really kind of great digging into it. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, like. The thing I kind of go back to is there's a fear of it being XCOM for babies, and it's definitely not that. Um, they simplify it in smart ways, kind of like how you would expect the Mario tactics game to. Uh, notably, in that you only have three characters you have to manage, so you know it's a bit easier to survey and plan and all that stuff. Uh, and then the other big one is that, like, like in XCOM, we, like your percentage to hit somebody. This is like a lot of games, even Fire Emblem, right? Your percentage of like how much you're going to hit has all these different factors. And here, there's really just three factors. It's just like sight line and what kind of cover they're uh, behind, either like medium or high. So it's either zero percent chance to hit them, a fifty percent chance to hit them, or a hundred percent chance to hit them. So you know kind of what you're getting into. And another way it's actually simplified is you don't have like um, movement cost. It's not like oh your guy can move five tiles. It gives you it's a just radius. A range. And, yes, and you can pretty much move anywhere within that range. Uh, and sometimes that even means like there's a barrier between you and there, like you and here, and you can basically run around that barrier. And it's not like you're using up your extra costs to run around. It took me a second to like realize the enemies had that as well. And that I, you know, if I go on the other side of this barrier, they're still going to be able to get to me, even if their normal movement 
it's like three three tiles. It didn't matter. It was three tiles in any direction. Obstacles be damned. Um, and that, that even like includes like jumping on enemies. Like you can uh, melee attack them by sliding into them. And then you could still do your movement after that. You can go all the way across the other side of your movement area, your movement radius, go through a pipe, you know, run out there and continue your movement uh, in a really kind of insane way. Like I did a couple of moves where I was, I would go through a pipe, like bounce off one of my characters, jump on another character, one of the enemies, um, and then, you know, bounce off behind them and shoot them and kill them. And it was like, I moved all the way across the map and it was kind of intense. So like, it's both more simple because it's more simple that you don't have movement costs. But the things I was doing, the freedom it gave me um, was, was much more complex than something you would do in XCOM. That's what, yeah, that's kind of how the game sort of does set itself apart from XCOM is all these movement options. It's like, like your movement turn, there's so much you can do with, uh, you know, going through these pipes, going in them, going out them, uh, hitting an enemy on your way, jumping on uh, one of your friendly people to like extend your movement even further. Um, that's really where like the strategy kind of becomes really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to ask, uh, what do you think about the, the characters and the story uh, beyond uh, the, the, the core mechanics? How are, how are you feeling about that after? I after mean, the, the story is sort of, it's, it's serviceable. It's, 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 it's nothing like, so, you know, the, the game keeps making me think of um, Super Mario RPG, Legend of Seven Stars, right? Because, um, and I was a kid when that came out, and I had played RPGs, but I was never, you know, quite good enough for them. I was always a little intimidating. But the Mario RPG, that was like the one, like, I can get into this. Uh, it was the first RPG I beat. And it never, again, it never felt like Final Fantasy for kids. It, you know, it was simpler, but it had some of its own stuff going on. It was really cool. Um, I guess the one thing there, though, is that, like, that game kind of had a bit more of a memorable story. And and I think this is something where the rabbits kind of hurt things. It Like, Mario RPG had, like, Gino and Mallow and or uh, Gina, I don't know, some of these memorable characters. Whereas, you know, here you have rabid Peach, rabid Luigi, you know, and I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be buying the rabid Mario yeah. action figure anytime soon. Um, you know, the rabbits, they don't hurt it. They're, they're fine. They're amusing sometimes. Uh, and they, they do tone them down a bit. They're not as like, they're not screaming constantly like they are sometimes in some of their old games. But if you had made this game and just called it like Mario Tactics or something and replaced the Rabbids and the Rabbid enemies with just more Mario characters or original characters, it certainly wouldn't have hurt for it. And it might have just been better. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, I, I get why Ubisoft went with a recognizable brand, uh, but I almost kind of wish that, I mean, it was Ray, like Rayman, like do that right. instead. That would almost be better. But I... I I don't hate anything that happened in this game. I'm never no. like, oh man, the rabbits are so annoying. Uh, they no, that's what I was worried. Like, they're, they're not a negative presence necessarily. They're, right. they're just not necessarily a positive one. Right. In the way that you're right, the way you described Super Mario RPG with with Gino, uh, I right, where I'm still like, well. yeah, I'm still like, oh man, I wish you would put Gino in more games. You know, I know, same here. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I have a, I like, I carry a torch for those characters. I definitely won't be doing that for. I mean, maybe. Maybe um, Peach, uh, Rabbit Peach. I thought she she has a lot going on. She's pretty interesting. Yeah, she's kind of like one note for selfie jokes. Like you know, I'm pretty early in the game, so I'm imagining I'll, I'll probably feel the same uh, the way uh, the same way after I finish it. But for now, I'm like, okay, I could kind of see maybe thinking but this character's cool. T- to be fair, I mean, tactics games in general are kind of lighter on stories than a more traditional RPG. So, like, f- like I love the Fire Emblem games. They have you know, decent stories, but they're never as good as like a Final Fantasy or something. Even the XCOM games that, I mean, uh, the stories of them aren't as important as the gameplay itself, right? That's right. Yep, and totally. the RPGs and are it- often kind of the opposite. Like people like Final Fantasy VII because of its story and its setting, its characters, not necessarily because of the turn-based combat, which was basically the same at that point since that series had for 10 years. Yeah, uh, I do think that this is a, another big win for uh, the Switch, though. Um, hmm. It's another another thing where it's like, if this is the reason you jump in to get a Switch, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, if it's not, if, it, if you're still waiting for Super Mario Odyssey, this is a game that you could pick up alongside it, along with several others at this point where you're just going to be like, okay, this this game has a great library to kick me off with. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you know, just since that system launched in March, you had Zelda's launch title, which was, you know, one of the best launch titles ever. You very quickly had Mario Kart, which, you know, sure, was an upgrade port, but man, that worked well. You had ARMS, uh, Splatoon 2. And now this, and uh, mm-hmm. and then even some other things like you know 
Sonic Mini is maybe multi-platform, but it's best on the Switch for sure. You even had some of these neat things like Puyo Puyo Tetris. I played the crap out of that. Uh, it's just been a really strong uh, first six months or so for this system. Yep, I agree. And I, it's just and like Mario's still coming. Like Mario Odyssey's still coming. And you also, I mean, yep. even outside of that, you also have uh, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors and the uh, Pocket Tournament. So like, yeah, they still have three pretty big games, one huge game for the rest of the year. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, a really strong first year for the Switch. The strongest first year uh, in a long time, maybe ever. That might be another Yeah, I have to kind of like go back and look at like yeah. what was the, fr- the first year of the Super Nintendo, like for instance. Because that's the only one that I think could maybe compete because the Genesis, like Sonic wasn't until like two years in for that system. People kind of like that system kind of floundered until then. So Genesis, no. And everything out there that I have a pretty clear memory of like their first years and I can't think of anything quite this good. And, it, and Nintendo's definitely benefiting from saying, you know, we're going to pull the plug on Wii U. We can move a lot of development from that system to the Switch. Clearly, that's part of what happened here. But Do you I mean, think that's happened Rabbids in the past game? as was well. Was this Rabbit's game a Wii U game at some point? I, I feel like it was almost a Wii game at some point. I feel like that was how far yeah. back that rumor goes. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a Wii U game before. Because, I mean, it would just it would work well on the Wii U. But Ubisoft's happy because now people will actually play this thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they could, like, you can imagine them having like the tactical view. Like It has two views. as the tactical view and the combat view. And you can imagine them having the tactical view down on the gamepad or whatever. Yeah, and it turns out so. it's all completely unnecessary. Yep, absolutely. And, <laughs> and you know what it is? Without it. And you know what's like actually kind of necessary is being able to take the games wherever you this want. This is such a great showcase for that. Like, again, like I'm so hooked on that now. And like, you know, sometimes like there'll be sometimes the frame rate will drop and there'll be performance issues, whatever. It's it's worth it just to have that portability. Yep, absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, you want to touch on uh, the Lich King and Hearthstone? Why don't you go ahead and lay, give me the lay down on that? Sure. So like. Hearthstone expansions used to be adventures that just like general expansions and like the expansions had a bunch of cards and no single player content. The adventures had uh, a lot less cards, but they had these like solo encounters with these kind of like wait, funny wait, character this, interactions. Did this most recent one replace like what would have been like the time for our new adventure? No. So they, they're, they're done with adventures. And right. They yeah, were, so I mean, yeah. They were just is this when they would have done it before, and now they're now they're doing this instead. So what they did is they just basically made adventure style content as part of the last expansion, and that's how it's going to be going forward. Uh, and the cool thing was, so like, so it was like that. It, there, it's fewer bosses, but the last one was the Lich King Arthas for this expansion, and the whole gimmick was each uh, class. So each of the nine classes had a different like condition against them. If you beat it with all nine classes, you got the alternate uh, Paladin hero portrait. Of like a pre-corrupted Arthas. So it was just really neat going through this because it's this really hard boss fight. And like for Mage, he just sets your health at one right away. For Paladin, anytime he kills one of your minions or one of your minions dies, he gets it on his board. So just like all these really difficult but like different things for each class. So I was just having a lot of fun throughout the week just kind of going through these. And like the community was like all kind of like working together, seeing what would work out. It was just a... Just a really cool way, and I'm glad that like the solo content lives on past the whole adventure idea. Uh, and uh, do you get rewards for the the, uh, the solo content? Yeah, well, so for the other ones, you just got a pack of cards for clearing each right. one. But yeah, this one was the uh, that Arthas hero portrait I was talking about. Okay, right, right, right. So, okay. yeah, so it's, pr- it's a pretty nice reward, really. Like, those are usually something you have to pay for, or, like, you have to be an Amazon Prime member to get those. Yeah, like, uh, like ten, 10 bucks or something for those. I, I feel like the first one was pretty expensive. Something like that. I never even got it, but... So yeah, it was, it was super fun. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I, I Destiny two on PC. You, you did you you've played it now? Yeah, I just played the first half of that solo mission. It is uh, right. comically better on PC. I think is how I would put it. Yes, uh, almost. It's absurd. Um, <laughs> it's it's at a point where I feel like anyone on the fence at all. If you were like, oh, should I just get, wait for the PC version or get, get it on PS four where like all my friends are playing, even though maybe one or two friends might play on PC. I would say if you're in that situation, just wait for the PC and spend like the next month convincing all your friends to get it on PC it's, as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I've been spending so much time with PC shooters and like it used to be like I wouldn't I wasn't a snob about it, right? I was like, yeah, whatever. I could oh, yeah, play no it. way. I could play it on a controller. And like now I've been playing so much over like I've been playing Overwatch almost every day for a year now. It's just like, uh, I really don't want to aim with like joysticks in a multiplayer style game anymore even like I mean, the yeah, single player stuff i mean you're you're right that that's an, an issue for sure but then it's just like 
60 frames per second. It, the 60 30. frames is such a big difference. It's, it's insane. Such, I can't believe even the Xbox One X isn't. I mean, I guess there's that parity reason they brought up. But man, that would have no, been something to sell so that dumb. system on. Yeah, for real. If it was 60 frames on Xbox One X, I could like see, okay, yeah, play it on console, but make sure you're playing on Xbox One X. But no, it looks so much better. Like there's nothing wowing me about playing Destiny 2 on no way. the Xbox uh, One. But like on the PC, I'm like, oh, this actually looks really good. <laughs> this is cool. It, it feels so smooth. Like you really like all like, those, I, all that I shit. Like a, I have a pretty good piece. Like I have like one of those like VR uh like minimum spec pcs basically right even, it's still yeah, not 970 ish like, yeah right it's just great i'm like oh yes there we go this is this is good i'm like aiming at people's heads and like mm-hmm. consistently hitting them like you don't have to do a lot of that like, like i call the xbox like the dual analog juke aiming where you're kind of aiming by strafing with them, yeah <laughs> more so than you are like moving the right stick <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you uh, you forget how much you start doing that uh, when you like go from uh, PC back to the console, and you're like, oh yeah, I have to do that thing, mm-hmm. that weird maneuver. Um, like getting headshots in console a lot of times is kind of luck. Yeah. Oh Sometimes. yeah. For sure. And now here, here I'm just like headshot, headshot. If I'm not getting a headshot, I'm like, oh man, I gotta do something. There's something's wrong. I gotta fix this. Uh, yeah. It, it was. It people always talk about how good the Destiny shooting feels, and I'm like, okay, I, I guess. I mean, I maybe. I mean, it, it's good. All right. Sure. And then you could play it on PC and you're like, oh, it's good. I get it now. But I, I had to like actually like play it the way it's meant to be played, clearly. I mean, this is the definitive version. It's of so the- yeah, it's so weird that this is coming out a little bit later. Like this because this is the way to play it, I think. I mean, I am sure they needed maybe a little bit more time. They probably needed that Sony money, is what I think they needed. I think the Sony money definitely helps there. And I think they, they don't mind the idea of a bunch of people getting on console and then buying again on PC, which seems to always happen with a lot of these kinds of games. Um, right. No, I'm yeah, sure. I'm, right? just, I'm happily waiting. Yep. I, oh yeah, Sam. If I'm if I'm getting it at all, it's on PC for sure. Uh, That's like thing. I, I wasn't even inter- like the, I was almost down on the whole idea of Destiny Two after playing the console beta. And I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get bored of this. Like the, the initial wow factor, seeing it on PC and six frames per second will fade. But like I'm like a little hyped right now for. It. I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. This will be fun. Yeah, I, I could at least see myself just like getting the base game, playing through that content and and calling it like, okay, that was great. I'm not going to come back over and over, maybe once or twice in all these strikes. I could see the uh, the benefit of learning these missions and coming back oh God, and but really like, just doing it through muscle memory. But yeah. For raids, which were so like mechanically dependent, like, you know, there, there's such a tight window to get your damage in on, on raids. Like I did the first one on, on the original Destiny. Being able to actually consistently do headshots is going to be like such a big difference. That'd be so frustrating to go back to. And then especially since they want to make PvP such a focus this time around, like that is so rough with like, like play, like I'm playing Halo on the Xbox original, right? Ugh. Mm-hmm. No, no. And I, I want, I want mouse. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but I'll just say, yeah, they've clearly optimized the hell out of this. Uh, they're work, they're working with Nvidia. I think when you boot up even just the beta, it automatically detects your settings and or yeah, your exactly. and sets, get- it, sets it perfectly. It's it was like four, it went four K, and then it did a bunch of custom settings, and I thought it looked great, and it was running smooth at sixty frames per second right. at four K. I was just like, okay, this is. I'll tell you what. Also, kind of nice to have it in that uh the BattleNet <laughs> opener thing. Not you're not wrong. It is um totally because it's you're right. It's one of those things I think a lot of people just have running all the time. I almost always have it running as well, and just popping it up and getting it going, and not necessarily having to go through Steam. And it's like one of the other things that you're like, okay, this is okay to not be in Steam if it's in this one other thing, and it's there. Exactly. It's right there at the bottom. What a mind you to find see. It real easy. If Activision want to put a, f- a few more games, like I want to mind if Call of Duty was in there. Honestly, like why not? Yep. For sure. I mean, and just like else, a Call of Duty would even be? button. Yeah, not every Call of Duty, like, but just like yeah, whatever Call of Duty, the new like, one was. Yeah, it should yeah, right. it literally should just yeah. it should just say Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I, I'll probably end up writing something about how it's yeah. There's only one way, one real way to play it. And I'll post that this week. But kind of set everything here. Um, only other thing, uh, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's this little video game. Uh, yeah, you, I don't know if you know. You, I think you mentioned it. Yeah, there's uh, you have a hundred friends, but there's enough chicken for just one of them, uh, and you got to do you got to do something about it. So you got to kill. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh, so yeah, I've, I've been playing a lot more of that, of course. And on Friday, I did another uh, one of those big uh, like hoedowns with the games industry and people watching on the Games Beat uh, Twitch. Um, 
And it was really cool because we were able to do a 50 versus 50 match where we had five team or 10 teams of five versus another uh, 10 teams of five because the game doesn't let you go more than eight uh, eight person squads. Uh, so we just basically got everyone together and said, hey, if you're watching, if you're in the Discord, go and get a jacket. If you own a jacket, because sometimes you, a lot of people don't own jackets, but enough did. Go get your jacket, come into the, the lobby. And if you're in one of the top 10 teams, you're going to be the jackets and you keep it. And then if you're one of the bottom, you know, 50, you just drop your jacket on the floor. Someone else will come pick it up and we're going to go jackets versus skins. Uh, and it worked out super well. Um, it was really crazy to see like these huge waves, like this huge force move across the map. And like, I really like, um, there was one strategy, like we couldn't hear anybody. It was me and um, Aaron Scratty Bones uh, commentating and we couldn't hear what the, what they were saying to, to one another. So we were watching like Will Smith, uh, who used to be with Tested. He's now a Fusho VR. Um, and one of his buddies, they were in a car and they were driving ahead. I'm like, oh, they're just going to be scouts. They're looking to see where the other team is. And they were doing that. But the real thing was they were going from car to car to car that their team wasn't going to take and blowing out the tires so that the cars were useless. And I, like I saw them do it. I'm like, oh my God, that's what they're doing. That's a really smart strategy. It might not matter, but we'll, we'll see. And as the circle sort of started funneling the two teams at one another, um, they met over near one of the bridges or the bridge on the West side, basically is kind of where they met on the, on the main Island, not the military Island. And the, the circle just sort of formed right around the jacket team and the skins team that was coming from the North needed to, to charge. And they had no vehicles. Every vehicle they went into, tires were blown out like they could use motorcycles because motorcycles you can't blow out those tires but it wasn't enough and so they just kind of had to like skirt around in the water and try to get up and like it was basically the deciding factor so it was really cool to see that to see that work um so yeah I, what i'm trying to say is player unknowns battlegrounds is is now mag that uh that old playstation 3 <laughs> I game never played mag. M massive I don't think, action I mean, game did anyone played mag no they made a big but it was, deal about that. It was I never played SOCOM either though, and that was actually popular. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. It was the same, I, it was, the same people, right? Yeah, I think it was in a similar concept. It was it wasn't as big. I think Mag was like 124 people, and like there was like a general and like that's when we realized maybe maybe uh, the numbers aren't the important thing. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but it was cool. I I I think that's kind of how it actually ended up working, very similar to Mag, where there was like a Discord full of people like that were in charge of like. Because like there's in-game chat and then there's Discord chat and like you could have people in the Discord chat getting all these orders and then they would go into the to the game chat and funnel them into there um, in a way so that like they could like all coordinate but not be constantly talking at one another. It was it was amazing to 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 witness, especially from the uh, observer well, point of view. Well, Jeff, I'm glad you had fun with all of your PUBG friends. Yeah, yeah, you should, you should come back on. Uh, I should. I was going to, but I kind of just. Got absorbed into Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Playing, I was playing with my brothers, and we were getting loot boxes. And I was That's like, yeah. whenever, uh, whenever PUBG servers go down, we try to play Overwatch. That's what we. There do. you go. Okay, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for uh, kind of what we've been up to in the last week. We're going to jump into the news now, and then we'll uh, take a break and come back with uh, some Mario spinoffs. So, uh, yeah, Mike. Yo. Oh. What do you know about what, what do you know about Half Life Three? Uh, that makes me mad. Did you follow the story at all? Yeah, I'll yeah. Read, I'll I read, read the, the I read the whole plot summary the guy posted and everything. Okay, I'm gonna let you kind of give me the the big stuff here. But former Half Life writer Mark Laidlaw releases possible Half Life Three plot summary on his website. So I understand he kind of released it under a different name, but clearly it's Half Life Three. Yeah, so it's like it's like I forget it's like Gorman Freeman Freevish or something, and like the genders all reversed and stuff like that. But it's very obvious what he's talking about. Like you could do a find and replace in, in Word. Yes. And people like, have. Okay. Like people just yeah. put it up if you're confused with just the actual names. Now. So Mark, yeah, Mark Laidlaw is the guy who wrote like the Half-Life series since Half-Life 1, I'm pretty sure. And then he left like a couple years ago. And that was kind of like, or a year or so ago. And that was kind of when I was like, oh God, like Half-Life 3 or Episode 3 is maybe just uh, never happening. It should be known, this is really more of a Half-Life Episode 3 plot summary. This is basically right, right after, because you know, Half-Life 2 Episode 2 ends on the big cliffhanger. Uh, so it's like, and they're like, yeah, episode three is going to be next. And, you know, it makes sense. Like, okay, yeah, just get that team and have them make the next game. And then, you know, for reasons we, we still don't really understand, that just didn't happen. And they also just never started development on anything else, or they maybe did. Like, Valve has all these weird, like, employee rules that, like, 
seem good, but at least the things like their marquee franchise going untouched for a decade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, just to like let people like basically at Valve, um, they don't have bosses. They don't have mandates about what people should be doing with their time. Essentially, they try to hire good people, like really talented people, and then they say, "Do what you think is best with your time while you're here." And it's people go and do people go and do stuff like make the invent like the marketplace where you can trade items, and they make uh, trading cards, and they make. Uh, I guess Dota Two. Yeah, I just VR. I find it almost hard to believe that like. You know, we're talking about like with Sonic, even like oh, so many of those people are people who love Sonic. Are there is there nobody at there's not enough people at Valve who love Half Life to get this going? Uh, there must be. There probably is still some sort of Half Life VR project or or something. I don't know. But anyways, the point is that this guy. I don't think a lot of people don't think Mark Laidlaw would have posted this plot summary of of Episode Three unless he kind of thought that there was no chance it was getting made. Um, so at right. the very least, I, this version of it, which I, you know, one point was going to be what episode three was going to be, um, this version is not coming. So he posted a plot summary to kind of give us a little bit of closure on that. And I and I think it's pretty clear to say that uh, episode three definitely dead. I, I don't think I don't think someone else is going to pick it up. It's been two thousand two thousand seven was episode two. Right, exactly. So the first of all, episodic model, very kind of hilarious example of that. But beyond that, yeah, they're not. If they do another Half Life, there's no way it's Episode Three. It would be something else, Half Life Three or some other offshoot. Yeah, but it's weird because you then have to like get around the fact that you have this cliffhanger that doesn't really. It doesn't really feel like a cliffhanger for the next game. It feels like a cliffhanger for that game. You know. Uh, it's just so I, I, it just baffled me, baffles me that when it was hot, when people were clamoring, like, you know, people are still clamoring for it, but you know, people were clamoring for it. They sold us the orange box. It made a lot of money. So it's not like there was any issue there. You had a team because you, you just made, you know, the other thing. I understand that you were also working on some other things, but at some point you had to have gotten episode three out there. It it really does upset me. I know some people you know, they'll offer these excuses like, well, you know, that's not where the money is or, well, they're just going to disappoint people. It's not where the money is. And it's also upsetting. Like, I mean, we just had a conversation about Microsoft, like Microsoft's like, you know, maybe there's not a lot of money for us to like invest in marquee single player games. Uh, But I mean, clearly there is something to that. Valve just happens to be like in a situation where they don't have to, because they are making enough money somewhere else. But there might also still be value in the, those marquee games. I mean, it's gotta be. I, I don't know. I think there would be, but yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, it so much upsetting. of so much, so many things just came from Half Life Two. I mean, or even just from Half Life One is why you have things like Team, like their version of Team Fortress. It's why you have things like their modding scenes and Counter Strike, the Source Engine. Like things come from making these marquee titles still. I guess maybe they think Dota 2 is their their marquee title right now. Uh, I mean, I, I think they think like they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it maybe on the more um, distribution and business side. They think that uh, they think that they're making they're democratizing game development and they're making it so anyone can put a game out, and they are uh, making it so anyone can understand like how uh, discounts work and how like how to price your game and all this other stuff. And I think they think that's what their benefit is now like what they are doing to, to improve the industry. Like, and, I, and it is, it's true, but it's not. At I some think point you owe something to Half-Life fans, right? The people who, you know, help yeah. make your company successful. That's uh, a tough one, but I, I, I agree. I think on, on a base level, I think there's an argument to be made that they don't owe anyone anything. They already made the games and we bought those oh, games, maybe, but maybe O isn't the word, but no, I, but on. I mean, but no, you're right. There's something there. There's like, there is something to be said of owning your lineage and your heritage and uh, and your history and th- the reason you have a huge fan base in the first place and saying like okay what are we going to do about that like what are we going to do to maintain uh, sort of to keep honest in terms of our relationship with the people that are have been following us for twenty years now um, and yeah I, at this point I think like. It's starting to feel almost dishonest, like they are still just stringing people along, and they won't just say, "Like, yo, Half Life Three is not." They gotta say something, and I don't know. I, I don't know why they can't. I think it's it's because something always is in the very early stages of something or another, so it's awkward for them. But I mean, they can't like all the negativity around it, right? That has to bother them a little. And it, I mean, I don't know. There was I don't know who said it, but it was like, "Oh, I'm." 
we make money to make movies, not movies to make money. Uh, I, someone said that. And it's like, you kind of get the sense from like Blizzard that Blizzard makes money to make games. They really enjoy the, the craft of making wonderful games that people really want to jump into. You get that sense from Nintendo. Nintendo makes money to make more games. Uh, they, they release some really strange games that like, don't seem like they're going to do well. And then sometimes they make money. Sometimes they don't, um, you know, they just, there's an announcement that it's they, not like when Wii gonna... sports was a big hit. They like canceled all production of Mario games. Right. Yeah. They use that money to, to fund different and strange ideas that, I mean, yeah, they're not going to make any more rhythm heaven games, I guess, according to some reports and, uh, mother three is probably not, not going to come out ever. Maybe is what the, uh, yeah, that's report said. Something. I don't care what uh, any report says. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope so. Uh, and maybe it will just take some time or a new CEO, which is probably going to happen in the next couple of years, just because this one definitely seems more interim. But uh, it, still, uh, the point is, is that they are all the things they do sort of serve back to this act of creation. And it, Valve, while I do appreciate what they do in terms of of creating a platform for other developers, and I think that's super important and what they, the way that they're treating it, I think is actually pretty correct, even if uh, like some people don't like the way it's sort of opened up the floodgates on, on, on valve and on, on steam. Um, I still think that they are missing what really made them crucial in the first place. And it was just their, their artistic endeavors and yeah, not just guess, their business endeavors. You know, some of this is just personal. Cause I was about as much of like something as close to a valve fanboy as you can be, right? Like I was playing a lot of half-life, a ton of T fortress classic, then counter-strike half-life Two, one of my favorite games, uh, team Fortress, you know, all that stuff. I, I thought all of it was just fantastic, and they were just such a prestige developer to me. And you know, it was like it was a company everyone loved to love, right? Like, oh, Gaben, haha, we love Valve. Valve can't do any wrong, and it's just weird that it's just completely flipped on itself. And I never would have thought the reason would be is like they just won't make the next Half Life. It's, it's nothing happening, and now like it's so bad that like the main Half Life writer is like apparently as frustrated as everyone else if he's putting it on his site, right? This isn't coming from some sort of positive place from this guy. And I'm sure Valve's not happy about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they, I don't know if they're like mad about it. They might just be indifferent, but they're not happy about it. Yeah, that's for sure. It's not a positive place. You're right. I don't know. Oh, well. um, yeah. This is something we're going to have. I think try to maybe kind of keep a closer eye on as, as if anything else like shakes loose from this, maybe some more stuff. I mean, there was a bunch of writers that just left valve in the last couple of months and in year. Um, it's we'll the see. question now, like who would even make a new half-life at that company right now? Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. I think that might be like you touched on their hiring practices. Uh, it might just be, it might come down to the fact that they don't go out and say, Hey, we're hiring you specifically as a director of a project. Do this thing. They don't do that. So the thing doesn't ever maybe get they done. Should. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe there's something still to be done there. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Um, steam machines. Yes. <laughs> Gotta love those steam. I mean, I love my steam machine, Mike. I don't know about you. I don't have a goddamn steam machine. I don't think I don't think anyone has a goddamn <laughs> steam machine. Relic Entertainment is developing Age of Empires 4. Mike, were you ever an Age of Empires guy? Uh, a little. I played Age of Empires, like, 1 and 2 a bit. I, I think I've told you before that real-time strategy has kind of been my kryptonite. I was going to say, we actually touched on this last week. So, but I mean, I guess that they, they definitely confirmed that Relic is the one working on it. Um, I, I don't know. I, th this is still, I think, pretty interesting. I'm one, I think Age of Empires, that remake master is like coming out very soon. I think I'm definitely going to give it a try now. Did you ever play? There was some Star Wars RTS game that was just a Star Wars skin on Age of Empires 2. No, that was like fun. It. Oh, that yeah, was I, good. I, I always like those ideas, though. Wait, was it like an official game? Or it was official. It was, a, it was an huh. official thing. They just got the okay. engine. I, I, I probably like, have it on of, Steam. Yeah, instead of settlers, you just had like R2 units collecting resources, and uh, it was fantastic. I was, uh, one of, like, I have like multiple Star Wars. Uh, um, I can never remember the names on my for computer. It. Yeah, because there's Empire? so many Star Wars strategy games, and they all have yeah. generic names like Galactic Battlegrounds or something or another. Yeah, Empire, Empire at, War. at War. Is that the one? No, I, no, I think Galactic. Shoot, I'm going to look it up. I can't remember. All right. Well, that's that. That's fine. Well, I definitely want to see if I can play it though, because that does sound interesting. Um, Dota Two is getting review bombed because people think it killed Half Life Three. That's probably what we should have gone to next. But uh, yeah, I guess I see some people are like, "Oh, this is a shame," but. I, I almost understand the uh, the misguided anger at this point. I'm I'm also upset. Yeah, I mean, it feels like 
Yeah, oh, Galactic guy. Battlegrounds is is the one that's just Galactic Battle. Okay, right, so, so excuse me. Okay, but I mean, some people are like, yeah, this isn't really Dota 2's fault. Maybe fault isn't the word, but I think there is. I mean, there's a correlation. I can understand being frustrated. If you're a Half-Life fan who doesn't care about MOBAs, I can understand why Dota 2 frustrates <laughs> you. It frustrates me a little bit. If, I kind of <laughs> wish, I kind of wish I could wave a magic wand and say Dota 2 be gone. Yeah, no, I mean, and I know that for a lot of people, I, I get that very important. as well. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of people, a lot of people that game is very important and it's very fun. It's, it's it's it means more to them than Half Life ever did. But just selfishly and personally, I could, I would switch. I would switch that and everything it's ever stood for for just Episode Three in a heartbeat. And of course, it's not a uh, either or. Like it's, it's not, not like zero it, something. Sure, not a zero sum game. Yeah, it's uh, we can have both. But I, yes, I think there is a sentiment that. Valve just made enough money from Dota 2 that they don't ever have to make another game again, or they're making enough money from Steam. And I, th- I think the real issue here is that when people get frust- get, get those frustrations that you just described, they don't know where to direct it. Like Valve doesn't have a great public presence where like there's like a person you can go to on Twitter and yell at. Um, I mean, you could email Gabe. Gabe's email is like really pu- public and stuff, but like he, he responds like to one in a thousand or something like that. And it's never one like, hey, where's Half-Life 3 or... Like, why aren't you guys like putting someone in charge of this to get it done? Like, he's never going to touch on those. So people are just frustrated, and user reviews on Steam are a way to like maybe get noticed. I mean, this got noticed. So I mean, like, yeah. it's not going to hurt Dota two. Yes, no way. I mean, people- PUBG's like in a, getting uh, re- review bombed on Steam as well because people are mad about one thing or another. Usually, microtransactions, uh, and it's doing just fine. Like these things almost never have any impact anymore. Not for these big tier games, anyways. That's true. Uh, Brink is now free to play on Steam. Uh, I I downloaded it and I installed it and I haven't touched it. So that's the story of Brink. Brink, man, the Brink, the the, the game that wasn't. I'll tell you the one thing I, I don't remember much about Brink. I remember it being at a PAX I went to, and I remember that the big thing, at least for me, when I heard about it, was it had in the options uh, a bunch of control sque- schemes that like correlated to other games, so you could just like no matter what first person shooter you were coming from, you uh, could just hop that. into this one. And get started. And like they had like all the control schemes had like funny but clear clear names. Like I think uh Call of Duty was like fish because it was like COD. So it's like you knew like we're, we're uh, talking about you know Call of Duty. So you just I might not have a fish. connection actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, why, it was, it was, I, as soon as you said it, I'm like, why is it called fish? I, I mean like, oh, it's probably right. it's probably more clever than that, but like yeah, it was something along those lines. Sure, so, like that, yeah. I'm sure they had that in like Halo Yes, absolutely, and yeah, but all, all the other ones. But uh, that's all I remember, and so I want to I want to try it, and now I'm going to be playing it on PC, so I don't care what it like what other games it controls. I'll tell you what, I will not be trying it. Yeah, I just want to see. I want to see, Mike. I'm, I'm curious. Final Fantasy 15 will have Steam Workshop support, and it will run on older PCs. It's also going to be 170 gigabytes or something like that. I thought I think I heard someone say maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. I, I mean, I think it's with all all the DLC, and it, sure. and it includes all the DLC. So you could like choose not to d- install that until you're ready or whatever. So but we're um, gonna have, we're gonna have a lot of fun mods. We're gonna you know have Shrek in there and all that good stuff. I mean, Shrek is all you need. Well, Shrek and Thomas the Tank Engine. Like you get those in there and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think this is cool. I mean, this is this seems like a pretty uh, interesting thing for Square Enix to do, a Japanese company to do to really support mods. But uh, they seem pretty gung ho about it, so I'm excited. I want to see how that turns out. I mean, it, it, it makes it kind of the thing where I'm like, well, I should definitely have it just in case. Like some like maybe some weird total star, like conversion Star Wars mod will come out, and I want to try that as well. Right. So. Well, like that combat system would be so cool with like some other characters. So yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I kind of hope that's what they're just doing with that Avengers game is just using this uh, combat engine. So and kind of maybe get a taste of that. We can just throw in Captain America and Iron Man into a mod. And uh, for those players that are mad at Dota Two, uh, maybe it's finally dead because Player Unknown's Battlegrounds surpassed it for the first time. Uh, uh, I think this is the first time in six years that any game has had more concurrent players than Dota Two on Steam. So is it just Counter Strike at uh, number one? That's the only one left. No, no Counter Counter Strike was was fewer people than Dota Two. Dota Two was the top by far. It, like Dota Two is like had like oh, so it's at number it was at number one. You're saying I'm sorry, number one. I, yeah, I thought I read. Oh, well, there we go then. I mean, it's not like it doesn't have like the highest concurrent like all. Yeah, I know time, what you mean. Just like but I like don't, I don't on, on it was like Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, put like Dota Two was like at eight hundred twenty thousand, and then. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was like eight hundred sixty thousand, and then the servers went down, of course. Um, so yeah, that and that, no game's done that in six years. So clearly, and it feels like 
Player Unknown's Battlegrounds still has a ways to go. And it's also $30 compared to a free-to-play game. So clearly this, this game has struck a chord. It's uh, really one of the biggest games in a long time. Okay, Mike, I think it's time for us to go to an ad break. Um, we're going to go ahead and do that. When we come back, we're going to talk about some Mario spinoffs inspired by Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, join us for that. We'll be back in about a minute. See, see you later. Whether developing, playing, or simply hosting games on a server, Intel makes it happen. And Intel wants to make sure the biggest innovations in gaming continue to happen on the PC by giving developers a hand with the Intel Game Dev Program. All you have to do is sign up, and Intel will provide the resources necessary to help you continue to innovate and make gaming even more amazing. Head on over to the Game Dev Program at software.intel.com gamedev to get started. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Okay, Mike, we are back. Um, let's go ahead, just jump right into this. So Mario plus Rabbids, a very good take on the Mario universe, uh, taking the, those characters, putting them in a different gameplay mechanic setting. Um, what are some other good examples of that to you? And I think we should try to rank the top five. Okay. Let me be clear by Mario spinoff. We're kind of mean like, Mar it's basically like Mario games that aren't platformers. Like we're not talking about like Donkey Kong Country or Yoshi's Island or stuff like That's that. That's right. right? Yeah. So, and yeah, you know, we're kind of talking about before, but the one I kind of think of first is Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. And uh, we've had a bunch of Mario RPG games since then. Some of them have been very good, like Mario and Luigi 1. Uh, I liked uh, Paper Mario, A Thousand Year Door for the GameCube. But this, the first one still kind of holds the uh, dearest place in my heart. I uh, I agree, actually. I, I would uh, I put Super Mario RPG way up there. It's um, I think it's the game that sort of proved that these characters were iconic and had appeal no matter what you were doing with them. It was fun to spend time with them, and they uh, really sh like they shone bright when you put them up against other characters for them to play off against. Uh, Mallow was great. Gino, we mentioned him a couple and, times. Yeah, this was one of the first uh, like Mario games that kind of drew out that universe a bit more, right? Like we actually kind of like got to go to like a mushroom kingdom. Like we got to go to like the castle in the town, and we got to see like just I don't know, just like a little bit of how that place would work. Yeah, and it, like there was like secret entrances and right. like, like people were things talking, you could do. Made, you know? Yeah. Made the world feel alive and it made it feel like a, like a real place, even though it had this very um, isometric uh, sort of play doll style and, and visual, visual effects. Uh, it was, it still felt very living and breathing. And it started that whole kind of like rhythmic, like defense and like extra attack thing in the Mario RPGs that are standard yeah. in those series. And a lot of other games have used too now. Right, and I, I think that's one of the things that helped me uh, bridge the gap to get into any RPG. I mean, I haven't had a ton of, of success enjoying other RPGs since then, but here and there, but this is definitely, I think, I yeah. Uh, <laughs> but for me, it was like, okay, having this thing to do in the middle of the battle where I can like time stuff and feel like I'm participating, I really enjoyed that. And um, Yeah, it, but it was like just the story. I don't know. It was very, it was very entertaining. I remember like finding it very memorable like the the the, um, the wedding and uh, getting bowser so, on your these, side yeah, and stuff like so, that yeah so it was like one of the first times where, like there was the uneasy bowser alliance and yeah so all these good. kind of memorable moments going to star road and uh right look for looking for gino in the woods and uh -huh. fighting and just, at the end and, and it was like very that, like, power, episodic, like yeah. that power ranger uh like yeah. parody group of villains that's where I would always like, I'd rent the game and that's where, as far as I would get for a very long time until I finally like got past it and powered through and realized, Oh, you have to beat them in a certain order. Okay. But I, that took me a while. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that game and I would have no problem just saying that's probably the number one. Yeah. Did you like Paper Mario? The first one was a good game, but like I had a hard time enjoying it the first time because they, they used like they first advertised that game or like the working title was Mario RPG two. And I was kind of expecting something more like that. Or it's like, oh, maybe Gino Mal will be back. And when the, they weren't, yeah. I just had a hard time accepting it at first. Same here. I mean, I, I I respect it more now. At the time, I was just like, oh, this is not what I wanted. Well, and goes, I, don't have, I don't even have like a party. I just have like one character with me at a time. And it was just. Right. But Paper Mario 2, like, 
I was just way more aboard, on board with it. And I was like, I had but a lot more thousand fun. Door. Yeah, that one's Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it was overall, that was just a better game as well. But definitely, by at that point, I was like, okay, I the, it, the stung... Like I had soothed my my sting from like not getting what I wanted, and I'm like, okay, I can have more of this now. I'm okay with that. Jeff, what about Paper Mario Color Jam and uh, Sticker Star? Yeah, Sticker Star. Those were those games. games go, those games those, go eat shit. I hate those games. games. <laughs> yeah, they were I mean, games. Co- co- Color Splash exists. I I, I never touched <laughs> it. It certainly St- does. Sticker Star. Oh boy, I I remember that game that came out, and I reviewed it, and I'm just like, I'm like. Dude, this is this is fucking bullshit, right? Like this sucks real bad. And like I, I, it came out, and there was a couple other reviews, but I think like Phil Kohler also reviewed it at the same time, and he kind of liked it. And I'm like, no, this okay? Maybe I'm just insane. Maybe I just don't like it. And then it was like a couple weeks later, and everyone's like, no, this game History is straight proves you right, straight trash. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. Um, it, yeah, I was that whole, upset about that, that whole subseries seems a little done now. Yeah, uh, I, I do also like Mario. Uh, and Luigi Superstar Saga a ton. Right, but that's another series that's kind of overstated. It's welcome. Bit. For sure. Like the I, first I, one. Maybe this has helped Super Mario RPG that there hasn't been another one. It's very uh, pristine. Maybe, and, yeah. And well-kept, for sure. Yeah. So, okay, so outside of the RPGs, then, let's, how about the sports titles? Is there one of those that sticks out to you as, like, your absolute favorite? Not counting Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would probably, like... I mean, there's a bunch of great ones. Um, Mario Tennis is good. I, I do like Strikers, things like that. But I think if we were to only pick like one sports game, uh, I would probably go Mario Golf, the one for the Game Boy Advance. Yes. The, the RPG yes. one. Those, so, yeah. So it, it's so weird still how the, the Game Boy Advance versions of Mario Golf and Tennis are by far the best ones because they had these weird RPG like mechanics where you like. Like you could just play it like all the other ones, where it's like, oh, just play yeah, a match yeah. and you're Mario or, or Donkey Kong. But they each and had these, these fun, and these fun courses and stuff. But yeah, no, but they like, each had these character. Camp, these campaigns where you played just like as a human, mm-hmm. uh, and you like would go to like a, some sort of like club, and like it was like an RPG, like it was like a top down thing. It was like, oh, here's like the place. But you, if you want to be the real best, maybe someday you'll be as good as Mario. You gotta work your way up to all the different ranks and like the leagues, and you can do training to get better. It was just like it was just so cool, like to have this progression system and with like yeah. still like that good like you know Mario Golf kind of like you know AA is the top spin or AB is like yeah. super top and it, spin and stuff. Very, it was like a very good core gameplay, and then like just this excellent like. RPG adventure wrapped around it. Uh, I couldn't get enough of that. I, I was. I wish they would just go back to that. Um, right, because like even the the last Mario Golf for 3DS, it was like fun, but it just it, it feels was good. Like, yeah, it feels like it's missing that whole component, which just made it so much more interesting. Like it's literally, I just play golf on it, and I'm like, okay, this is mm-hmm. fine, but like this. Yeah, nothing. Like there's whole... nothing. Nothing wrong with it, except for just what it's missing. Right. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, Mario Tennis was the same thing too. But I guess I did like the golf a, a little bit better. So I, I think the go uh, probably yeah, golf. Just put it on the yeah, just above tennis. I would think. I, I mean, I could take both, but yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. How about uh, what, do you have any? Do you have one? I'm like, uh, I have a, maybe one or two more, but well, let me see. I want to hear what you think. Get throw throw something out at me. I mean, maybe like Mario Picross. I mean, I, I like the Picross series in general, but I, I'd probably you know what I do Picross. over that is Mario Paint. Forget about Picross. Okay. All right, Ever. that's a very Mario right. Paint is yes, that's that's definitely definitely deserves to be on there. Like, uh, I put I never owned game. it, but I put so much time into it at my friend's house, like during sleepovers. Um, I would I would play that game all night long. I really like the music maker, but just all this all the hidden stuff. Uh, it was Nintendo being Nintendo, like, even like way back then. It was it was so good. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just like all, all the weird things in that game. Like you can make little animations and you can right. just fill in colors. There's like the weird mouse mini games with the fly and there's the music right. maker was like one of the best things. Oh, yeah. I mean, people still use that music maker to make make music like it's like it's it's um, migrated online. And there's these websites where you could just go there and use all the same exact sound effects and tools. Just do it on a website so you don't have to go find your Super Nintendo mouse. Uh, but people loved it so much that they're still doing that today. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, like the the fly, the hidden fly mini games. It was just it was just such a uh, a Nintendo product where they paid so much attention to detail and made sure that you were very engaged with it, and that you like when you notice something, you're like, hey, what's this weird thing? No, there's something there. It's not just like some weird mistake or uh, just random bit of visual data. Um, it was always kind of there's always going to be something extra. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that. So, uh, did, uh, 
Did the Mario uh, versus Donkey Kong games ever do anything for you? Um, no, because uh, I finally remember Donkey Kong 94, and I, that's right. almost a Mario game, because, I mean, you're playing as Mario, but, it, I mean, I don't know if we want to open up that door, because uh, it feels like it could be... Maybe, because that is really good, but... It's really good. And, I mean, you're, you play, you're play as Mario, Donkey Kong's just the, the bad guy. Um, uh, and it's, that's the game. Like, so whenever I think of um, Mario versus Donkey Kong, and I get those games, I'm like, it's not, it's no Donkey Kong 94. Um, which, I mean, I guess people don't know, that's the Game Boy game where the first couple of levels are just standard arcade Donkey Kong, but then once you get past those, like, three or four stages... It opens up. It becomes this huge puzzle platforming game that is incredible. And Mario could do like uh, side jumps where he, you know, he runs and like flips backwards and all kinds of stuff. And it was just the best. I really, uh, man, I could go. I could go play a game right now and play the whole thing in one sitting. You know what? No one remembers. Remember the Mario Pinball game for the Game Boy Advance? Mario I Pinball don't. Land. Man, there was, was one, that... yeah, no one really remembers. Like, it gets completely, it gets completely overshadowed by like Metroid Prime Pinball and Kirby and Pinball. Kirby. Yeah, it was fine. It, it to be fair, it wasn't as good as those, which is right part of the issue there. But yeah, that, they did make one of those. Um, I guess one of the other big like sub franchises is the Mario Party games, which another thing that they just really drilled into the ground. Yeah, the first one was really Again. cool, but. Like they, they were, and then that series has also just also gotten worse. Like the last one, like you don't even all move around a game board. Like you're all like in on like you're all like the same board piece. You're like on a yep. car together. I'm like, what is even going on here anymore? Yeah, I, I think they just like give that to the B team or the C team or whatever, and like just pump out the same shit, but change up the rules or whatever. And no one gets the memo that like the first one's just like what it should be. A lot of, um, I yeah, I don't know. I I would say that um. I would feel really good if it was like Super Mario RPG at, at number one, and then uh, you know we got Mario Golf, and I would probably still pop uh, uh, Superstar Saga on there, and well, so let's get, and then we can put Paint. tennis on there too. Let's put tennis probably, at number and, four, and then, then probably tennis, and then at number five we can do uh, no, Superstar Saga. No, I thought we had Saga or whatever. Yeah, Saga's on there somewhere. We'll say wait, okay, one Mario yeah. RPG, two okay. Golf. Three Superstar Saga, four tennis, and then five is either Mario Paints or are we counting Donkey Kong? That's kind of the question. Yeah. I I I really like Donkey Kong ninety four. Yeah, me too. Let's I really and it. It, let's get it in. It's, yeah, it's not the same thing as Donkey Kong Country. It's just not like it's Donkey Kong. No, it's Country so is different. It's a, it's, yeah. It is much more of a Mario game. Yeah, it's and it has the same sort of feel like he's got moves he has from Super Mario sixty four and stuff. So yeah, okay. Uh, that's a that's a really good list. I like that. So you said okay, one R- RPG, two was golf, three yeah. super superstar saga, four is tennis, and five is Donkey Kong. Uh, let, let's switch tennis and Donkey Kong. Let's let's get Donkey Kong a little higher. Up. I I feel better about that already. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good list right there. That's hot there stuff. See, I I would go play every single one of those games oh, yeah. right now and be totally happy with them. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think really want to uh, play Donkey Kong now. I haven't played that. Remember, like the big thing with that game was like it was like. Kind of the Super Game Boy launch. Game. Yeah, exactly. And so it had like a bunch of like good, good color schemes and stuff. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. And it had like the the sidebars where, the, where like they actually like looked cool instead of just random oh, yeah. shitty four color scheme, whatever. Um, yeah, that's a good game. I I have played that recently, and I'm good. I want to go back. Apparently, again. it's on the 3DS Virtual Console. I didn't even know. Yeah, that's so where I that's where play. I played it. Well, I did good to know. Um, excellent, cool. We'll get that po- posted up on the site. We just did a feature, Mike. So hey, that's, easy. That's, uh, Easy writing here. That's yeah, absolutely. That's what we're all about. Well, well here's Maybe one more question, I guess. Then is would you put uh, Mario and Rabbids on that list? Would you? Hmm. Would would you? I, I might put it at five. I might put it above so. tennis. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I love tennis. I do. Uh, but I, it, you know, it's a, for me, it's a take it or leave it with with between that and golf. And it's like if I have golf, I don't necessarily need tennis. Uh, I'm I'm glad that it existed. I'm glad that both came out and they had these awesome RPG things, but. Mario plus rabbits is different it's enough, really and cool enough, and, it's, and really it's really good. I would definitely pop it on there. Uh, we we didn't touch about touch on it. How do you feel about the music in uh, Mario? Plus I Mario? think this is one thing we kind of diverged on a little bit. I kind of like it when Mario gets oddly orchestral. Okay, you know, I, I don't think it's it's never bad. It's never bad. It was just it's a little it jarring. Very, it feels it's very different. Banjo Kazooie and like like Grunty. Yeah, it's got... gonna pop out. 
I mean, it's just it's Kurt Cobain. From it, is it it's just Grant literally Kirk. that guy? That's funny. It's literally that. I'm like, I was on the stream uh, um, by myself, like on my my own channel on the weekend, and I'm like, this sounds like some Kirk Hope ass Kirk Hope music. Uh, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if it was him. And someone came out in the chat. They're like, and we're featuring legendary composer Grant Kirkhope, uh, who you know previously worked on Banjo Kazooie and stuff. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, I could hear his music in there instantly. Sure. It's never bad. It just felt it's different. It took a while to get used to. It's not the Mario boss, music. No. It's well, not yeah, Mario music. the boss fight music is really cool sometimes. Yes, um, I think the I've only seen the one. Hey, so well, at least it's not like so new far. Super Mario Brothers music. At least there's not a bunch of wah wahs in there. That's true. God, can you imagine if every 15 seconds, like you're playing your turn, and it goes wah wah. Like, uh-uh. Speaking of shit being driven into the ground, man, uh, they need Ooh. to leave that stuff behind. Do you think they could, can they do? Can they make another new Super Mario Brothers? I, I mean, think they're going to be tempted as hell to make one for the Switch. They, they definitely will be, but fuckers, come on, like just do like anything, just do Mario at Mania. Least, at least I'll tell you honestly, like at least make it make a new 2D Mario game, but please, like. Don't use those 3D sprites. Like, yeah, but like use pixels again. Have fun with that. Even in Super Mario Maker, right? Like you could like you could use either like original Mario 3, Mario World, or New Super Mario Bros. Whoever wanted to use the new Super Mario Bros. Like, no one, no one. Like, like, you would do it sometimes. You would do it sometimes because that was the only one that had the wall jumps, right? So right, yeah, and like yeah, the spin jump or whatever. Like you could stall and stuff. But it was like that's the only reason to go there. No one likes it. Like literally just psychopaths are like, this is my favorite. And like, no, get away. Even Super Mario run. I'm like, Oh great. This shit again. I just, they wah, have like, wah. <laughs> just get creative and no more. Wah, was all right, Mike. Now I'm depressed thinking about new Super Mario being, <laughs> I mean, I, I, they're all the bunch of those are really good games. And I like, like them all through. Yeah, but I don't want to see it. I can't, I can't tell you anything about them individually anymore. I think no. I think the Wii U one had squirrels and the other one didn't. Yeah, flying squirrels and then yeah, and then I can't, the, the the new Super Mario Brothers two on 3ds or whatever it was was, was all about was all about coins, all about gold coins. We're they gonna try go something. Gold. We gotta do something. It's all about coins. That's, I don't care. That's the worst one um, out of all of them. I the first one I think would be pretty rough to go back to because it was really first one. The first easy. one was never good. It was a B game. It was like oh, now like, that's never good too. Yeah, it was like an eight out of like ten at the time, and now it's like straight not good. Uh, yeah, like they just didn't like the level design on it was garbage. It was, it was so like boring. Like you never like you <laughs> had just to like really laying on there now. Keep I know. Going, I, I, keep going. I really I never liked that. Like you had to okay, just an example. Like in all Mario games, the ways to accomplish like to do the best in the levels always existed in the levels, except for maybe sometimes some secret entrances uh, where like okay, you're like oh I have the the tail now i can go back and and do this stuff but you could also usually find the tail in those levels uh and this one almost all the time it's like you had to have the mini mushroom and you could only find the mini mushroom in very specific places oh, yeah. and then you had to go back and do the secret entrances entrances and it was never fun or discovery it was just like okay now i finally have this I thing i've needed for forever the, the, the first just one bad. got a pretty big pass because it was a big novelty at that time to have a 2D right. game then the yeah. wii one was cool because it was four players and, the, and it was level, good. the level design was much better Oh yeah, and then uh, and then it was like okay, we're we're really sick of this. Now. Yeah, the three D the Wii the Wii U one was also good, not as good as the Wii one. The Wii U, yeah, good. it was real good, but it also came out after the three D S one. It was like oh, for God's sake, and it was like also kind of touted as the Wii U like big launch title. It was kind of like disappointing to be just playing fucking two D Mario. <laughs> I was like, this is exciting, right? Yep. So. Yeah, you know, beyond the the uh, spinoffs, the core Mario games, 3D Mario seems to be perfectly okay, but in a perfectly fine place. Super Mario Maker, I think, did right by that series, but I want to see something new in the 2D, and I want it to be super creative. Nintendo, I know you're listening. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap this shit up, Mike. Uh, why don't sure. you tell people where they could find you on this here internet? Well, you can find me at gamesbeat.com uh, all the time. Now, it says here, nowhere I'm a ghost. <laughs> I wrote that last week. Where can you find me? <laughs> Nowhere I'm a ghost. For some reason, I think ghosts are so funny. If you want ghosts to make me really laugh, funny. just like say something about ghosts. You'll get me going. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, if I'm uh, there. Uh, also, I also, I do the Exploding Barrel podcast every week with my brother. We just had our 10th year anniversary show last week. So check that one out. Uh, that's at ebpodcast.com. It was nice to hear you guys like run down like the history and like where, where everything was when that podcast started. Yeah. It was like the, the George W. Bush presidency was going oh my on. God, yeah. Holy the, hell. The, 
the number one movie when our show our first episode came out in uh, 2007 was super bad. <laughs> so, well, fun times. Yep. Old I was stuff, 20. Man. I was a kid. That yeah, that's really strange. Like to be like to think like you were ever 20, let alone doing that. Oh, uh, Jeff, I felt like I was 20 up until I turned 30. That's the funny thing about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I know. Yeah, that's I know exactly how you feel. At a certain point, you're just always like 27, and it's like you look at the date, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm Jeff Grubb on Twitter. I sometimes make videos on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Um, I'm, you know, I'm on GameSpeak. Get me there. Always writing there every day. Uh, and yeah, I think that's going to do it. Mike, until next time, why don't we say goodbye to the good folks who have listened to us thus far? Hey, goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thumbs up. Oh my God, HMA.